Hello and welcome to episode 791 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, February 1st, 2024 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas for the final time this season. Let us begin with the Thursday prayer to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain heaven by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri. O queen of paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels, and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me. For whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Mary, in how many dangers I now am and shall be as long as I live in this world of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee and sigh to go soon to see thee and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet and contemplate my mother who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand which has delivered me so many times from hell and has dispensed me so many graces when, on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all? My lady, in life I have been very ungrateful to thee, but if I get to heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity, and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessing and thanking thee forever. I thank God with my whole heart, who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thee, and the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will, and in fine, that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hope for all this, and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me. Beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase this confidence in me, and I shall be saved. Today, friends, I wanted to take a look at St. Thomas Aquinas's meditations for the season preceding Lent and also Lent itself. This was made available to me, compliments of fisheaters.com, an excellent Catholic website. Please go check that out. And today is Thursday after Septuagesima. This is titled The Reward. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. 1. This reward is at once common to all men and particular to each. Number 1. It is common to all because that which all shall see and all enjoy is the same. That is to say, God. Then shalt thou abandon in delights in the Almighty. Job twenty two twenty six. In that day the Lord of hosts shall be a crown of glory and a garland of joy to the residue of his people. Isaiah twenty eight five. And therefore, St. Matthew says in chapter twenty, verse nine, that to every laborer in the vineyard there is given one penny. Number two. The reward is yet special for each individual. One man shall see more clearly than another and shall enjoy more fully according to the measure allotted him. Hence the words in St. John chapter 14, verse 2. 
In my father's house there are many mansions. For which reason, too, it was said, everyone shall receive his own reward. St. Paul shows how the extent of each one's reward will be measured when he says, according to his own labor. Not that by this is meant an equality as between the amount of labor and the amount of the reward. For as it is said in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, that which is at present momentary and light of our tribulation worketh for us above measure exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. The equality promised is the equality of proportion, an equality such that where there has been greater labor, there will be greater reward. 2. The labor can be considered as greater in three ways. Number 1. According to the degree of love that inspires it, it is to this indeed that the essence of the reward, the vision and enjoyment of God makes a return. St. John in chapter 14 verse 21 says, He that loveth shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Whence it follows that he who labors with greater love, even though the labor entailed is less, will receive more of the essential reward. Number two, according to the kind of work it is, as in human enterprises, the greater rewards go to those whose labor is itself of a more noble character. For example, the architect, though he labors less with his body, receives more than the manual worker. So it is in spiritual matters. He who is engaged in a work itself more noble, even though it be that he has labored less with his body, will receive a greater reward. At any rate, as far as some accidental privilege of glory. Thus, there is a special splendor reserved for those who teach for the virgins and for the martyrs. Number three. According to the amount of work done, and this can be understood in two ways. Sometimes it is the actual larger amount of work which merits the larger reward. This is especially true in what concerns remission of punishment. The longer one fasts, for example, or the more distant the place of one's pilgrimage, the greater the remission merited. So too, there is a greater joy from the greater amount of work done. Sometimes, however, the labor is greater from lack of will to do the work, for the things we do willingly are less laborious in the doing. And in such cases, the amount of the labor does not increase the reward. Rather, does it reduce the reward? As Isaiah says in chapter 40, verse 31, They shall take wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And in the preceding verse, warning us, youths shall faint and labor, and young men shall fall by infirmity in 1 Corinthians 3. So ends the meditation for the Thursday after Septuagesima. We'll be measured on our love, friends. So whatever we're doing, Let's make sure we're doing it for the Lord. Of course, we need to do good and avoid evil. But whatever our task might be, as a father and a husband,
as a mother and a wife, as a priest or religious, as an electrician or a plumber or a neurosurgeon or a police officer, whatever it is. As St. Jose Maria Escrivá said, that is our altar where we are working, out in the field or changing a diaper or in the office at our desk. Whatever we are doing, whatever work we are engaged in at any particular time, let us do it with love and let us do it for the Lord. There are folks who are going to be called to be bishops. Folks are going to be called to be politicians and have the limelight on them, so to speak. God will give them the grace for their station in life. And of course, many bishops and politicians are are failing right now. We need to pray for them. But just because we're not out there and we're not seen by hundreds of thousands or millions of people doesn't mean our work is any less important. The Lord has a general will for all of us that we be saved, that we be with him in eternal bliss in heaven forever with all of his angels and saints. But he also has a specific will for each one of us. Professor Jones is fond of saying, God has a plan for your life. There's an individual plan for my life, for your life, for everyone you will ever meet. And only we can fulfill it. That's why abortion is such a horrendous tragedy in addition to being mass murder. Because before that individual is even born, God's plan for their life is snuffed out. Absolutely hideous. But just know that he has a plan for all of us and any evil that takes place, such as grave evils as abortion, only in the end, the end of our lives and then at the end of time, we will discover why that was allowed to happen. And ultimately he draws good even out of evil. And we need look no further than the cross to understand that. Let's conclude, friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism through Learning and Outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information pertaining to RPM. That is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, thanks to RPM, we know that she is a comprehensive genius who can compose music, poetry, very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Imagine how frustrated you would be if you were unable to communicate even the most basic things, like what you'd like for breakfast. The level of sadness and frustration involved in that. Communication is a human right, and RPM for non-speakers has been as massive a breakthrough in terms of their being able to communicate as sign language, 
has been for the deaf. You can point to Braille in terms of being able to read for the blind. It's been that big, that uh, an absolute sea change in terms of being able to communicate. But you can't use a tool unless you know about it. So please get that episode or those episodes, I should say, of Our Lady's podcast. Spread them far and wide as well as the website. And may God richly bless you for doing so. Please say an Ave Maria for yours truly. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Goodbye and God love you.